Hello, and welcome to the show Conversations from the Leading Edge. This is a show that's produced at WKCR Studios and led by the Advanced Consortium on Cooperation, Conflict, and Complexity, also known as AC4. AC4 is a consortium that's housed at the Earth Institute of Columbia University, and it focuses on work in the field of peace and conflict and sustainability. And today on the show, we have the chance to talk about one of the projects that AC4 is currently doing. It's called the Sustainable Human Development Project. It's a great project that has many interesting components to it, and it's taking place in the Basque Country of Spain. My name is Meredith Smith, and I'm a project coordinator at AC4. I'm hosting the show today, and have on the show with me Kristen Ruki. Hi. Hi, everybody. And also Dr. Armando Geller. Hello, everyone. So just to give a little intro, start with Kristen, who's here with me to the left. Um, so Kristen serves as the project coordinator of the SHD project. She's currently finishing a master's degree in international and comparative education at Teachers College here at Columbia, where she concentrates on issues of peace and human rights. She's also the repertoire for the university seminar on complexity science, modeling, and sustainability. The seminar happens at Columbia. She holds a degree in Spanish, international relations, and economics from Simmons College in Boston, Massachusetts. Chris is an experienced educator and previously worked in conflict resolution education in several Boston schools. Welcome to the show, Kristen. It's great to be here with you. Thank you so much, Meredith. It's really good to be here also. Uh, thanks for having us on the show. Yeah. And um, before telling a bit more about Dr. Armando Geller, I would love to ask you, as I, I share office with you, and I'm so excited by SHD, and I would love to hear from you just, you know, maybe if your mom had asked you, what is the SHD project? Um, what do you tell her? Well, uh, my mom has asked me what the SHD project is several times. Um, so in general, there's several different components to the SHD project. Um, there's SHD, or Sustainable Human Development itself, um, which I'll talk a little bit more about what that is and how we conceptualize it. Um, and the SHD project is also um, formed through a collaboration with um, the Aguirre Lendicaria Center for Social and Political Studies, um, which is a center in the Basque Country in Spain, and several other collaborators here in the U.S. Um, so I can also talk a little bit about that partnership as well. Um, so SHD, or Sustainable Human Development, um, is kind of a combination of um, there's two different streams of thought in sustainable development and human development. So historically, there's been a lot of distinctions made between these disciplines of environmental sustainability and human development. Um, and our idea is that these two things need to be combined in, into a single unified theoretical framework because they are a lot more interconnected than I think uh, is often realized. So sustainable human development um, together is kind of looking at equitable human and social development um, in a way that can maintain envir environmental integrity um, over, uh, over a long period of time. Um, so the Aguirre Lendicaria Center for Social and Political Studies uh, is a center in the Basque Country um, that was founded and led by uh, Juan Jose Ibureche, the former Lendicari or former president of the Basque government. 
and it focuses on uh, investigating sustainable human development, specifically as it relates to the Basque case. Um, so the Basque country is a really interesting region. Um, it's gone through a lot of changes in the past several decades um, in a very intense and very unique uh, climate. So there's the Basque country, um, its status as an autonomous community makes it very interesting. Um, it's been able to overcome um, uh, the political violence. Um, there you have a lot of kind of unique uh, characteristics that provide a lot of lessons for us in um, beginning to investigate sustainable human development and how these outcomes can be achieved. Great. Thank you. Um, it sounds like You've told us succinctly a lot about the, the case, and there's many things to unpack. And I hope so. <laughs> I feel like there's a lot more, too, but that was a start. Great. Let's talk more about this, and um, let me give a, a brief introduction to Armando. Armando is a co-founder of and partner at Sensei, which is an analytics and decision support boutique at Bitelastic, which is a large-scale data mining and simulation an optimization software development enterprise, and Postify.ly, a people analytics venture. Armando worked as a historian, political scientist, and computational social scientist in academia, government, and private industry. He develops participatory tools and instruments for individual and small group data elicitation, creates applied multi-agent models in security, development cooperation and industry, and uses modeling and simulation for stakeholder integrating decision support and policy de design. He innovates, devises, and leads complexity and multi-agent inspired cross-disciplinary research and applied projects for a broad range of popular as well as unconventional contexts. Sensei's role in the SHD project is to lead and implement the Basque Peace Process scenarios also known as BPPS Project. It's an honor to have you join us on the show today, Armando. Well, thank you very much for having me. And we have this great intro onto the, the project from Kristen. And it would be great to start out with, you have worked in a variety of contexts. And uh, it would be great to hear your, kind of what brought you to this project specifically in the Basque Country and why this, this project. So um, Sensei, we worked in the past um, quite a number of times in various conflict regions, including in Afghanistan, in Pakistan, and on Syria. We also worked on a number of uh, conflict-related issues in Europe, and we were asked uh, by the AC4 whether we would like to join this uh, exciting uh, project on SDH uh, in, the Basque, uh, in the Basque country. And of course, uh, we were more than happy to do so. And um, once we started to um, thinking more deeply together with Columbia University on how to exactly tackle um, tackle the challenges ultimately of the um, SDH problem, we also started to um, uh, to understand that there are a number of um, issues and a number of challenges and a number of um, um, things in general that um, that are close to the to the both uh, of us. In particular, um, Columbia University and Sensei, uh, or the AC4 and Sensei, we're working empirically in applying uh, a complexity-based modeling and uh, approach, and 
So from the very beginning on, we uh, started to understand each other uh, uh, very well uh, in, uh, in in tackling in the various um, the various questions or the various research questions. So um, that's how we got into this project, and the the rest, so to speak, is history. I would say. Mm-hmm. So just to um, recap, kind of from what Kristen had said before, and and on this project. Um, so one of the hypotheses that you all state for this the project is that the Basque model presents a sophisticated understanding of how social cohesion, innovative practices for economic development, and a commitment to ecological sustainability can be effectively integrated for sustainable human development. And focusing on, on this, this context and kind of testing that hypothesis, um, can you tell me a bit about the computational modeling um, and the modeling aspect, how that fits into to testing the hypothesis or not? I don't know if that's best for, for Kristen, if you want to start out with that. And um, well, I will say that the, um, the nature of our project um, really reflects the multidisciplinary um, nature of sustainable human development itself, um, how there are all of, the, all of these different components working in a system, um, because we do have uh, several collaborators working from different disciplinary angles. Um, Armando also works um, with Andrea Bartoli and Borislava Manuelovic at Seton Hall University, um, working on the, the peace and conflict resolution aspect of sustainable human development. Um, we have Paul Huit O'Connor at George Washington University who's looking at the economic perspective, um, using Lonergan economics to look at the economic growth and development in the Basque Country. Um, and then we have uh, the SHD project here at AC4. Um, and there are a lot of different models and different disciplinary angles um, at which we're getting at uh, SHD, and I think it's really exciting to be part of this collaboration. Um, but Armando, feel free to jump in about the about your uh, your model. Um, yes, indeed. So um, I can only align what the, what the, what Kristen said. Um, there are indeed a number of uh, various topics that, that play together. Uh, when um, when uh, researching uh, the the Basque case, and um, in every modeling project, one tries to better understand how these different domains play with each other, how they influence each other, how they depend on each other, and uh, modeling as such is just the right way to build and create the better understanding of how to encompassingly and to a certain degree uh, also holistically understand uh, a specific system in one in one uh, uh, is interested and um, we are trying to do so in this uh, specific uh, project the BPPS or the Basque um, Peace Process Scenario Project um, by asking first in a first round of interviews um, a number of let's call them elites or people who are academically or intellectually or politically or business-wise very active uh, in the Basque country about their perception of how did the current situation evolve from various perceptions of the past and into what different potential or plausible futures can the current uh, develop, uh, the current situation develop uh, into. And um, we then visualize these interviews and then invite uh, a broader public 
to um, comment uh, and uh, vote uh, on these uh, on these um, uh, interviews by this by by this first group, so that we get a better and more grounded understanding of uh, of the various perceptions. And this, to come back to the uh, original idea of uh, modeling sustainable human development, should at the end of the project give us an understanding what is the perception uh, of a fairly large number of people in the in the Basque country of this interplay of this uh, uh, of these various uh, domains that I would say to a large degree will uh, influence the outcome over the next five to ten years of the social, political and economic landscape in the Basque country. Wow, it sounds like a really powerful tool for addressing complexity and all these different dynamics that are involved in assessing SHD and also can be something that's immediately responding to current um, situation there and such a multiple stakeholder process that you guys are are implementing as well. I just want to mention for our listeners uh, that the, the sound quality is a little glitchy that um, Armando is joining us from the other side of the globe and is um, joining us through Skype and Armando you're in um, Switzerland right or in Europe? Yeah that's correct I'm currently in Switzerland. Great okay so just if it's a little spotty um, and um, but it, you're you're coming through clear so um, moving on with our conversation um, I would love to hear more about this um, the modeling and the empirical exploration in particular just because it's such a important tool and something that's so specific and um, I had never heard about before this SHD project um, so can you tell me more um, maybe another case I know you've mentioned how you've worked in Afghanistan and Pakistan and maybe one other case where you've effectively used or seen this this modeling and empirical exploration you all are working to create a unified theory or a new framework on SHD because it sounds like this is not a new project for you per se um, of looking at SHD and using the, the computational modeling to do so so yes before I delve into this question I would nevertheless like to make um, a, a slight distinction between using a model uh, as a technique and having a simulation um, a, as a tool. If you're using a model as we do in, in, in this current uh, BPPS project, then you're basically on a fact-finding mission. In other words, you're really trying to better understand the situation and the, the target system, to use the technical term, uh, uh, in which you're interested in. While if you would be using um, a simulation, then the simulation ultimately is the tool to test out specific policies or uh, other interventions to change to change the system. So we are really in this particular uh, BPPS uh, project trying to um, uh, to m use modeling as a technique to better understand uh, the Basque case. Now, to come back to your question, have we used in the past, we, of course, and other people, of course, as well, uh, um, uh, models and simulations um, um, for um, for specific uh, specific questions, whether that's now in the policy domain or whether that's in the economic domain or 
as I give, uh, as I will give a, a, an example in a few seconds, uh, in a uh, in, in in the refugee or um, development cooperation domain. We worked, for example, with the Norwegian Refugee Council in Iran. Uh, together with Afghan refugees, where we tried to be, uh, tried and ultimately succeeded to um, uh, devise a simulation that helped the Norwegian Refugee Council to uh, better understand how to reintegrate Afghans living currently in Iran in their home country in Afghanistan and into the um, job market uh, back in the major cities uh, in Afghanistan. So that's just one example where where these kind of uh, technologies and techniques have been uh, have been used in a very applied way and of course they're used also in other domains such as traffic modeling such as finance uh, such as um, 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 uh, defense of course and so forth great and thank you for the clarification on terms and um, also, I know this isn't the first project to look at the Bass case as a comprehensive model for sustainable human development. Um, Kristen has written up a wonderful blog post that's on the AC4 website um, about this and mentioning the, I'm probably not going to pronounce this correctly, so Kristen, you can help <laughs> me um, with the Juan Jose Ibar. It, uh, Dr. Ibarreche, yes. Dr. Ibarreche's um, 2012 report about the Bass case. Um, and I would love, Kristen, maybe you can speak to kind of how your approach differs from that and what are the exciting findings so far? Sure. Um, so at AC4, uh, what our main focus is, um, I feel like our other collaborators are focusing on um, very specific aspects of sustainable human development um, in a very specific context. And what we're trying to do is distill some lessons um, and some some key ideas from uh, Dr. Ibreche's work on the Basque case specifically um, and kind of build it out into a unified theoretical and empirical model of SHD that can be applied uh, in multiple, multiple cases. Um, so what we have right now uh, at AC4 in terms of our work um, we began looking at um, an analysis of Dr. Dibreche's case. Um, we looked at, um, so we did some, some interdisciplinary uh, studies on different aspects of SHD um, and did an analysis of the many indices that already exist to measure, you know, really, um, really well, actually, the different aspects of human development, human well-being, sustainable development. There are many, many different indices that give a pretty comprehensive measure of various aspects. Um, and so from these, we, uh, we came up with a unified theory um, that we're referring to as four propositions for sustainable human development. Um, so the basic idea is that SHD uh, involves the pursuit of mainly three uh, propositions, um, including the prevention of deprivation of basic human needs. Um, number two is the promotion of individual agency equity um, and the opportunity to define and pursue individual values alone and within groups. Um, and number three is involving the safeguarding of public, social, and environmental goods over time um, across multiple spatial and temporal scales. Um, so our hypothesis is that a fourth proposition, um, which involves resolving conflicts between competing interests and needs through cooperative institutions, whether they're social, political, economic institutions, um, is really vital to secure those other three 
um, those other three qualities and conditions um, and promote them over time. So we're looking at the role of institutions uh, in particular um, in the pursuit of SHD, um, how institutional characteristics um, may be correlated with specific uh, environmental and human well-being outcomes. Um, and I know that uh, Dr. Ibereche also um, mentions the value of institutions and an institutional framework that supports um, innovation and kind of holistic growth in the Basque Country. Um, so it is influenced um, through that. So um, that's where we're at right now. We're looking at um, different characteristics of institutions um, at varying levels of society and how, uh, how that impacts sustainable human development. Wonderful. And I know you all have done a, a tremendous amount of um, interviews and, and research already that's, that's informing all of this. And um, in terms of to take a, a larger picture at the, the purposes again of the, the project, um, in terms of long-term peace building, a lot has been said um, on this podcast and elsewhere and um, just about the importance of sustainable peace. And so if fully executed, this project looks to improve livelihoods and generate a framework for equitable and sustainable social and human development. Can you talk a little about how these benefits roll into sustainable peace perhaps specifically in the Basque country or um, globally for? Sure. Um, so at AC4, uh, I work with Dr. Josh Fisher and also Dr. Peter Coleman um, on the SHD project. Um, and uh, another big interest of theirs and of mine and of AC4 in general is um, sustainable peace. And I think um, what the SHD project is attempting to do is looking at look at these um, environmental issues, issues of um, you know in environmental integrity and uh, development for an environmentally sustainable future, as well as human well-being, um, within the context of conflict and peace, um, and especially within uh, cooperative institutions and institutions that can effectively resolve conflicts because. Um, when you're dealing with issues of sustainable human development, there are many different stakeholders, there are many different needs, many different priorities coming from different sectors of societies, um, different actors. And in order to, um, to pursue and secure these goals, um, there needs to be uh, a process of conflict resolution and a process of cooperation. Um, and I think a lot of that really ties into the idea of sustainable peace. Um, so we're looking at SHD kind of where the environment, um, where development, and where conflict resolution kind of intersect. Um, and a lot of that, we think, has to do with um, institutions at varying levels, whether they're governmental, social, civil society groups, um, how they interact and how they resolve their conflicts um, around sustainability issues and human well-being, um, I think, is very important. Did uh, you want to add anything to that, Armando? Or um, I know you're working more directly with um, with a peace process scenario. Um, you might have a different take on uh, how it how you see sustainable peace playing into this, and I mean maybe even just responding to a simple question of is the Basque Country a um, a model of sustainable peace? Well, of course, that's um, that's of course at the at, at the core of the question uh, uh, we are asking in the um, in the BPPS project. The big the the big challenge ultimately uh, for our project uh, 
is that um, there is not just one model of um, of sustainable peace. So how do uh, people from different backgrounds and with different experiences see this model um, of sustainable peace reflected in history and how do they see it evolve in the future and that's that's one of the main um, one of the main questions obviously we're going we're going after in this particular project and without trying to unnecessarily force some unified idea um, upon this idea of sustainable peace we nevertheless do indeed seek uh, to find some kind of convergence around the number of factors that um, that um, that stand for this idea of, of of sustainable peace, but one has to say that we already see now, and I probably give an answer already a little bit early to uh, perhaps a question you will be posing later on, that there are indeed differences with regard to or differences we see in the answers uh, uh, interviews were giving to us uh, with regard to um, what is a necessary condition or a necessary ingredient um, for for sustainable peace and out of this in an already conflictuous um, uh, situation uh, could in the future also arise some more uh, hopefully not violent but nevertheless uh, social social conflict I'm wondering and hoping you can share with us more about this process of collaboration and kind of how that, that process works and um, how it has played out functionally. Maybe any uh, lessons learned? Yeah, so it's it's been a really um, a great partnership to have, um, you know, throughout. There's different uh, disciplinary aspects, but also um, different aspects of understanding um, the best case so it's it's been um, yeah it's it's been a really a really great partnership um, very interesting I don't know Armando if you have something to add yeah of course from our perspective this is a very exciting project because on the one hand we have an academic powerhouse as uh, the AC4 and Columbia University with with which we can collaborate on on, on, on this project and that's of course not always a pleasure but it's also it's also deeply inspiring but on the other hand we have very concrete demands by a specific stakeholder in this project which uh, is the the Aguirre Center and via the Aguirre Center also um, a, a good number of, uh, of of Basque citizens ultimately uh, who want to see outcome uh, of this of this specific uh, project so I think that's uh, that's that's on the one side very demanding I think there is a lot at stake and on the other side that's also a big inspiration uh, and um, and I think that makes this 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 project um, a, a great experience for us and it sounds like that's how it's something that's immediately um, practical also and that's been beneficial and perhaps for the citizens there, it sounds like the voices that you all have been um, hearing and the interviews that you've done. I know... You know, the, 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 immediate, the immediate practicality of, of the project um, is, as I mentioned before, not given necessarily by the fact that there is a tool where you can play 
uh, with and, and and test out uh, specific specific um, uh, specific uh, implementations of, of of policies, but the immediate the immediate um, relevance um, arises from the fact that in the Basque country at the moment what is dearly needed is an is an unconstrained and open discourse in civil society, and we've seen that uh, throughout our interviews that interviews regularly point out that this is one of the big uh, lacuna in the um, in the uh, in the Basque country and by um, by by providing interviewees with a framework uh, in a participatory gaming sense to voice their concerns and ideas for the future and then open it up to a larger group of people um, to chime in and have this conversation about topics that are very difficult uh, to discuss um, in, 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 in this very um, ultimately tense context uh, in the Basque country. I think that's a, that's a, that's a great and an important first step forward to, to address this, uh, this need of having an open discourse within civil society. Yeah, this need that you're, you've mentioned about um, for processes for a civil society action. How do you select the, the participants to get involved in the, the project, or does the Aguirre Center lead that? Yes. So um, the idea of the BPPS project is to integrate um, as many um, or as, as, as broad a group as possible, meaning that we really tried um, together in close collaboration with the Aguirre Center um, to find uh, people who are from various backgrounds of life, again, from academia, from, uh, uh, from intellectual circles, uh, from politics, uh, from, from unions, from, uh, uh, from business, various party backgrounds, um, ultimately also different backgrounds in terms of uh, former opponents in a, in a, in a violent conflict. Um, so we really tried to have interviews with people um, who um, uh, are as much heterogeneous as possible, also in terms of demographics, gender and age and and socioeconomic status. And, and the very same thing also applies to the same um, uh, phase of this, if this of this project where we open it up to a, to a larger public, although it will not be entirely public, also there, we want to have as many people from as many uh, 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 various backgrounds participate so that we, if, although not a statistically representative sample, but nevertheless, a good idea of what people from all different walks of life think about um, past and future um, uh, uh, scenarios of, of the peace process. Great, thank you. And it sounds like you have a lot of exciting things that you're you're taking care of in the near future. Yeah. So, um, so in the near future, in October, um, I believe we're going to be traveling to the Basque Country um, for a presentation of research with the Aguirre-Landacaria Center, um, getting the project partners together to um, discuss the progress that we've made in the past year. Um, and we will also be launching um, our report for Goria Scudago 
uh, in the Basque Country. So we'll be discussing the results there as well. Do you feel there are any questions that um, aren't being asked right now that would make a difference as you face down the next stages in your work or anything that you wish you had known at the beginning of the project? I think without the, without being over over overconfident, I would say we do have enough experience working in these kind of contexts um, in order not to go with predefined and uh, very static uh, opinions uh, into into these kind of projects, and we we tend to leave the um, inception stage of uh, of of these sorts of of projects fairly malleable so that uh, so that we're not entirely entirely um, surprised by by things made by 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 new insights we gain midway midway of the project in other words having started with the uh, with, and, and and having been on this this kind of fact-finding mission um, did allow us to um, um, uh, to scope the um, to to scope out the project in terms of of the dyna- dimensions we need to um, take into account in order to get a fairly complete picture of what we think this peace process is or various perceptions even on of of this peace process are. Um, so so we're quite we're, we're quite happy with this. On the other hand, I do have to say. Um, I do feel um, I do feel a, a great humility in in one way that we're coming from the outside into into a European society. We think we understand to a certain degree, given that a good number of values and, and, and norms are fairly similar um, um, uh, to us, but then start to understand how intense. And how vicious ultimately this this conflict was, and to a certain degree, the scars are still uh, visible. And with how much openness ultimately the people we spoke to um, 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 answered our questions and 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 interacted and engaged with us, so so that we could talk openly about the very difficult past for each and one of them. Um, and I think that that's something. I I have to say openly, even though I worked in these kind of contexts before, but was not really prepared uh, from the beginning on, and I, I I'm still learning as a matter of fact. Great. There's so much learning that seems to be happening for you all as you're implementing the project, and that's why this project I think is so perfect for what we try and feature on on this show from conversations on the leading edge because it really is bridging theory and practice and it sounds like you know you have these theoretical empirical frameworks and um, approach and are also implementing it and responding to those things that are coming up as you mentioned Armando with the emotional and cultural aspects that that play in and um, there's just a lot of a lot of things to explore in this and I know this is a brief show I feel like I've just scratched the surface on this project but thank you both so much for coming on the show and it's been a real honor to have you both here and thank you so much for sharing about the SHD project in the Basque Country. Uh, thank you Meredith it was uh, it was a pleasure to be on the show. Yes indeed thank you very much Meredith uh, it was a real pleasure and um, it was a real pleasure to work
with you in the Basque Country, Kristen. <laughs> you as well, Armando. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to the next month, uh, especially with all the um, the events that are going on around the SHD project and related subprojects. And um, yeah, for the the rest of the partnership and the the projects as they continue. Great. Well, and for the listeners out there, you can find more information about it on the AC4 website and. Stay tuned for another Conversations from the Leading Edge show next month. And again, thank you both, Kristen and Armando. You guys are doing incredible stuff. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks a lot.